0: It is a new day in the workroom. It's been a while. We have to dust off some of the surfaces. We have to sort of re-line up our clothes and some of the racks. But we're back. <laughs> it's good to be back. That's now, it. Yeah, <laughs> push push those squatters
1: out who've moved in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna approach a season in a way we haven't done so before. So obviously you know, we both said that we kind of took a break after All-Stars 7, we missed a lot of the international franchises, and we're kind of going back now, and we thought it'd be interesting to sort of do a more high-level dissection of a season, rather than doing it week-to-week, because I think we were finding that some of these seasons weren't interesting enough to talk about or didn't have enough new things in it to talk about for 40 minutes a week. So if we can get like two hours out of a whole season, I think there'll be plenty of things to talk
1: about. Why not go for it? Actually, there's one thing I did just while you were speaking there, this occurred to me Mm -hmm. and you may not have watched it. So therefore, this may not be be something that gets included for the the dear listeners. (laughs) But Bussy Queen did an episode about drag fatigue. and It's sort of interesting because I suppose both Mm. of us have, have been experiencing that where it kind of showed that like the concept of drag fatigue that we're hearing about, or drag race fatigue that we're hearing about, isn't actually translating in terms of viewers okay. and, you know, the, the the sort of engagement with the show, engagement with the most recent winners. So I do you think it's interesting. And I think that maybe it certainly made me stop and take a step back and kind of go... Like, rather than looking at Drag Race as, like, this massive, this massive, <laughs> this massive hole, mm. spelled with a W, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be able to, like, actually say, well, no, you you, you can dip in and out of it. And I certainly think that from, from my own b- point of view, I think that... Like you were saying, there was just some of the seasons I wasn't as engaged at the casts. I wasn't as engaged with, but I didn't need to be as engaged with those casts because those casts were selected for a, a, a specific audience in a specific country. And then queens will go on to have great careers in those countries. Some of them will cross over through international franchises. But yeah, it sort of it sort of made me kind mm. of think like, right, not everything needs to be hitting at like season six quality, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very fair point. And I think what we found is every new franchise, the season one. Doesn't reinvent the wheel because it's the first season locally, so it just needs to do what first the first season of Drag Race did, the first season of the UK did, and I guess when you're watching a few of them in tandem, they kind of get a bit repetitive. Yeah, um yeah, but I think watching. So this is the first season of Drag Race that I watched for the first time in a binging style, and I have to say. I really enjoyed it. I watched four episodes a day, pretty much, until I got to the Well, sorry, three episodes a day until I got to the end, so three days. And it just really reminded me, and I think some of Rue's decisions in this also really reminded me of just discovering Drag Race for the first time and just binging through all the content and not having to worry about, like, not waiting a week to find out who goes home next in what I would say is a fairly predictable season. Um, yeah. Yeah, I totally changed my perspective on it. And I wonder then... Because we watch it week to week, whether we, it's not the optimum way to watch it. If you're watching all the international seasons, maybe the best way to watch if you're watching a lot of it is to like yeah. let it build up and binge it.
1: Hot take: Let's get out the tiny violin for the podcasters, but. Do you think One of the reasons I quite I enjoyed this season Now I think that Right off the bat This season is a Absolutely enormous Improvement on the First season of Drag Race Down Under I think that I I don't I can't quite put my finger On what it was That sort of elevated it So much Hmm. But I also do think It's the first episode First season of Drag Race I've watched Since 2018 Where I wasn't like Every sort of Like having to take notes Every episode To like kind of Immediately go on And speak about it So I do think There was something Sort of nice To the kind of The freedom them, the roominess mm. of being able to just enjoy it as a fan first And a podcaster second
0: Well there's been weeks that like I've been on holidays And you've done the podcast and vice versa That I've watched Drag Race and not had to take notes But yeah, for full season Well I did take notes during the season Because I knew we were talking about it But it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a detailed episode by episode That's what, what did I mean, you think yeah. of this look What did you think of this guest judge so to speak um, Well there was
1: no guest judges <laughs> Except yeah. for Xena came in Clocked them all off, and then they got given a Samsung phone in order to be able to <laughs> yeah. to, to chat to Delta Goodrum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who keeps calling us? Stupid. <laughs> Honestly, when the first phone rang, I I was. Generally concerned, we were going to get a Vivaldi sort of twist storyline of a hidden phone. Oh my down. God.
1: But I mean, that's just, like the fact that it was just <laughs> sitting there on the, and it was like kind of like Rue being like, that, "It's actually Rue calling from season seven. Can you get here as soon as possible?"
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point during the conversation, the camera does like such a zoom up on the like the small little Samsung logo on the base of the phone. Oh,
1: that that <laughs> I uh, that is the, that is I think that that wins the award for the most aggressive <laughs> uh, product placement at all time, even. Even above and beyond the like super close zoom ins on the bulges on the Andrew Christian underwear. Yeah, (laughs) what
0: about if it shines? It's AstroLab.
1: (laughs) Well, to be fair, at least that was in a little ad, ad, advertorial. You know, that was that wasn't just like workroom. Like they weren't the the queens weren't turning around and being like, "This is really shiny. It must be AstroLab." (laughs) They
0: should. Best thing about Italia was Frida count's vampire look. And the second thing was Astro Lab. <laughs> Top tier. <laughs> so I do agree. I think season two was better than season one. Season one definitely had a COVID elephant in the room. You know, yeah. the pre-recorded messages from Kylie Minogue and stuff like that just wasn't hitting. Now, I'm a bit like... I think they could have pulled their weight a bit more with the guest judges in this season. Like they had some good names, but they were like, It's because they're in New Zealand, they can and they're all Australian. What was?
1: I, I was very, I, I was very uncertain. Like I, I assume that, like even, even at one point, and and I mean, I, I this is going into like you know shining a torch into conspiracy corner, but like at one point where they had the. The RuPaul The beginning As the um, As the the lip sync song I was like Was there supposed to be Like was someone like Delta Goodrum Supposed to be there Kind of actually in there And one of her songs Used as the uh, As the lip sync song And she's not For whatever reason Because I was wondering Like you know Could you go back to When this was filmed And see whether This was during a period of time Where there was like Restrictions on coming in And out Mm. of Of New Zealand Because that would explain Why so many of these people Were popping up for like Video messages or phone calls You know Yeah and also why some of the lip sync choices Were like a little bit A little bit strange
0: Yeah So like We got Lucy We got Zena, And we got that Episode 3 had Ursula Carlson Whoever she is And that comedian guy And I was like Okay it looks like the, the guests Are going to be yeah. in the room And I think that was the end of it then, yeah that was it you Until had, the end of the season You had the sales lady it was a Suzanne Paul She came in But she wasn't behind the panel You had Norvina The robot Appeared at one point From Alasatcha <laughs> <of> Beverly Hills <laughs> Murray Bartlett With a pre-recorded segment it was just, yeah, I don't know there was, there was, so Delta Goodroom I choose
1: to believe that the Samsung phone calls Were live and in person Because it so. was engagement with the actual kids And it was, so Delta was the only one of them that I recognised
0: Samantha Harris I wrote down But I don't know who she is Yeah, right. Samantha
1: Harris, I didn't know who she was But I actually I liked her, I felt like she was, you know, giving good um, <clears> Like she obviously was very well known in Australia mm. um, But and we can talk about I, I think the lip sync choices this year Left me a little cold well I think the like, lipstick right th-
0: performances were very strong for an international franchise.
1: Actually. Oh my god. But that was like purely I, I would say down to two Queens, Queen Kong and Beverly Kills. Like I mm. think that they were like they are lipsticks I I would be Very excited to see Queen Kong appear on an international series of the franchise. Also, when I saw Queen Kong and Electric Shock in the same room, I thought I would also subscribe to that OnlyFans. (laughs) Just throwing it out there.
0: (laughs) I think it started strong with Kylie, Get Out of My Way. I think it's a really underrated Kylie song.
1: And it finished strong enough with Wow. Yeah, Was that the second Yeah, That was the last one. Um, but, but then, three Kylie songs in one season. I know. And like, the, that is, like, a bit
0: you Alipa now. Come on. It is. And it's also it's also a bit disrespectful. Like, there's so much... Like, where's Holly Balance Where's Delta Goodsham? Where's Troy? Where's Slam? Danny Minogue? Where's, exactly. You know, she actually spent some time and spoke to your Queen's Live last season. <laughs> yeah. And you disrespected her. Like, I don't know. I, I, I assume the Divinals are Australian. Um, that I Touched Myself song. That was... So yeah, that, that is. That was one of my favorite. That was like what. That was a really like
1: solidly good lip sync. Yeah, well. they
0: are Australian. I, I loved that Tina Arena remix of Chains. I loved yes. that. That was a great yeah. choice. I
1: have to, I, I also did love, the, like the Steps and Michelle Visage song is like an absolute kind of, like that's it I love that song mm. But it was very clear that in the room none of them really knew who it was Because you, you know the way normally they go back, like to, during the makeover challenge They go back to the room and show the makeover ease, yeah. kind of singing along to, There was like absolute, and then at the end of it, Hannah Conda was like
0: Oh, I love that song, Michelle, I love that song, well done <laughs> Why is she from Yorkshire?
1: <laughs> I don't know I don't
0: know. Yeah, but it it was the sort of praise of somebody who only really got to know it due to having to learn to lip sync it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's go through the queens one by one. Uh, So we are assuming if you're listening to this, you either don't care about spoilers or you've seen it. Um, So we're going to go through them in reverse order of elimination or order of elimination. Sorry. Um, So we won't spend much time on the first few. Uh, And then we can get into sort of the storylines of these queens and our impressions on them and whether we like them or not sort of as we go through each of them. So first up was faux fur and I kind of felt sorry for her. I thought she got the annoying edit and maybe she was annoying and I'm sure she is annoying because we're all annoying. But I kind of felt on one episode that's the edit she gave her is that she's really annoying. I felt bad for her.
1: Yeah, I I felt she made like v- very little kind of impact. Mm. And, and what, like I mean, you know, you, we can, we can going back to what my worry was as well going into this, particularly I think in the second week if I remember correctly King Kong was or Queen Kong was was either low or, or, or in the bottom but that we were going to go the same way as the first season once which is that like queen like the the uh i suppose the diversity of the queens was going to get like shipped out early so mm. like faux fur came in gets presented as being a bit annoying uh, annoying her drag wasn't at a great level like the entrance look she walked in even looked kind of like something you'd make in a design challenge like she she obviously mm. like you know it, it, but yeah, I, I felt sorry for her in that she didn't necessarily get even given like a redeeming quality. No, <laughs> no I don't mean that in the she was irredeemable. No, no, it like, no. was not even like you yeah. didn't leave with anything going like, oh, I wish I saw more for you. you were Like I saw just enough of her. <laughs> yeah, maybe no, you're even right. too much.
0: We're sure she, you know, she got cash. She obviously has a redeeming quality. We just didn't get to see it, and he just ends up with a, like, oh, we're glad she's gone, and that oh, I just didn't think that was fair. Um, Aubrey Have then was second out. And I really can't remember her that well. <laughs> I, I don't know. She was the first of the people with the the
1: Mini Cooper curse. Uh, yeah. I, and I... Again, like, I, I don't necessarily remember kind of much about what like what she actually gave in the competition. She's the same as that foofa in that, like, she kind of came in was pretty and young and hmm. then like got absolutely slaughtered by Queen Kong in the lip sync to 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 go on that second episode i'm trying to remember actually what the and this is where i should have uh written some notes i'm trying to remember what the actual beef between her and um
0: so and i think i remember this because i i actually thought Aubrey Hayes look in the first challenge was one of the best ones it was kind of like a sort of distressed denim uh, long sleeve yes. sort of frill thing and I thought it looked really good and I was when she didn't even get mentioned into the top I kind of was like oh they're setting her up to." she's an early out obviously based on because I thought she looked good enough to be in the top um, so yeah she was like I was happy with mine and then I think Minnie Cooper said that she thought it was a bit ill fitting and that that then was like well you know Minnie Cooper walked out on that stage with a, a, with a dress that was falling down below her yeah. nipples. So, you know, people in ill fitting dresses shouldn't show stones. I think that was the beef to begin with.
1: Yeah. And I did actually, like, I, I found her, like, if I remember, that insect, that, I think that insect runway overall was probably the most exciting and interesting runway because, like, a lot of my favorite looks came from it in that second episode. And I really liked hers. I thought it sort of was reminiscent a little bit of, like, et cetera, et cetera. It had that sort of, like,. Hmm you know, alien bug worlds that sort of said in like Mad Men 1965, I thought it looked really good. But yeah, um, so I, yeah, I thought she could have been a look queen. Apparently she was going to do Catherine O'Hara as a, um, as her, Catherine O'Hara as Moira Rose as her snatch game. I'm glad we didn't get to see that, I'm going to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've had one queen in this franchise Disrespect Catherine O'Hara We will stand For a second <laughs> Exactly But it is interesting
1: I, I, I This is just like Again James Conspiracy Corner er- New Zealand and Australia discovering Shit's Creek later <laughs> than the rest of us. Because, like, even, like, later during one of the, like, little, uh, you know, video from home, or, like, one of the, like, the, the challenge where they have to make their, like, mm. hometown hero video, like, one of them says, like, oh, uh, enjoying myself here in the town where I currently am. Like, there was lots of Shit's Creek kind of mentions and stuff. So I was like, is this only taking off down south now? Or... Are are they just more super fans than we are? That we sort of like
0: maybe it's more embossed. I guess gay it, culture it was then. it was
1: very very lockdown viewing, and they seem to have had lockdowns for much more longer than us. So yeah. maybe it's still <laughs> doing the
0: rounds. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, Pomara Fifth was the third out, and something about how she painted her makeup made her look like Caroline Flack to me. Ah. Oh. Somebody as we go content. on We be <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it Yeah, what was your take on Pomara? I I,
1: I liked Pomara And I actually had her pegged as someone Who was going to go much further in the competition I thought, like, you know Her looks weren't amazing But I don't think I feel like looks are judged on a different It's unlike B, uh, Drag Race UK Like, they aren't 50% of the mark Like, I think they just don't mm. judge them that way <clears throat> And I thought that she was going to be... I felt like she was going to be a... And this could be, like, my own sort of, like, fat phobia leaning in where you assume all fat people have to be jolly and funny. So, therefore, when, a, like, an acting improv challenge comes along, you're like, oh, the fat one will do well. But... Yeah. Um, and I say that as a fat person who's been put in that box many times. um, But also slayed it. um. <laughs> So many ad-lib here Hashtag I it
0: But also slayed it
1: <laughs> So I, I was surprised when she didn't do well In that like kind of acting challenge that she had uh, That she did You could see clearly she was floundering a little bit hmm. I, I did think like One of like the, the beef of the season for me Was the one between her and Pomora Fifth Because I just was like how Or Mini Cooper yeah I was like How delusional do you need to be In order for someone to come to you and say Someone told me you said this horrifically horrible thing about me And for you to take no responsibility for it at all And say it's not my fault It's the fault of the person who told you (laughs) Like (laughs) Like yes I said it But I said it as a joke you were never meant to hear Like honestly
0: (laughs) (laughs) But was that not who was it when it was like, I used to mentor you and I actually never liked it because you're very self-entitled. Was that Minnie Cooper and Pomara as well? Oh, I I feel like someone else.
1: I feel like that was, no, that was, was that Molly. It wasn't Molly Poppins. Um, maybe it was Molly Poppins. I can't remember.
0: So Who was the second fight? It was Minnie versus. So it was Minnie
1: versus Aubrey, Minnie versus Pomora, and, 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 yeah. and then Minnie. And Minnie
0: versus Yeah. I think it was him. versus Pomara, I think, that she said that. Oh I thought so I so
1: thought, but, so I, th- I thought two people came from Pomara because I thought Pomara had the Mini Cooper fight and then also uh, someone else like maybe it was maybe it wasn't Molly Poppins. I had Molly well, Poppins. But remember
0: Pomara left and Beverly Kills was like, I actually didn't enjoy working with, with Pomara because they were hosting together at the brunch. Maybe that was it.
1: Yes, that could have been it. Yeah, that could have been it. Um, that challenge was fun, by the way. That that drag it challenge. It was. It was actually. And it was very good. I, I have to say, last so, so um, not last week, but the week before last, on the Drag Race UK episode where they did the bingo, mm. I really wanted them to. I, I felt that that episode could have could have been elevated even more if they had added a present to drag bingo elements to it out on stage. So make you yeah. look and then present to drag bingo as like a duo. I think that would have been really fun and. Kind of shown a bit more of that because I thought that also it was it was a great time to start seeing some of the queens who had been fading a little bit into the background have a chance to 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 kind of you know shine. To, to really shine and it will get to Yuri Guy in a while but like Yuri Guy kind of had had these spectacular looks on the runway mm-hmm. had seemed like a cute boy but like was a little bit kind of quiet but then was very funny in the uh, in, in the performance in the brunch and it kind of got, allowed you to see them in a, in a very different way.
0: Yeah No I, I, I agree and, and the only other thing I had to say about Pomara there Is I kind of felt Everyone did really well In that challenge And it was a tough one To have to go out on Because it wasn't yeah. like A spectacular flop It was like You were in the worst duo And it was probably Your partner who brought you down But she's a better lip-syncer than you So I felt hard done by For Pamara A.k.a. Caroline yeah. Fleck um, But yeah you're right That was a great challenge And Yuri guy You know With with the conjunctivitis That was going on Like there was a That was turnaround. very dramatic It was <laughs> her <laughs> scramble into the work room putting makeup on yeah. Uh, yeah it was funny it was interesting how how low energy she was throughout all of it and then like you got to just see her shine in that one moment and that was kind of the end of it then yeah exactly um, um, She's the ne- she was the next to go she went in episode 4 she came 6th she was eliminated uh, by um, where is it here
1: oh no Minnie Cooper was
0: next to go Oh, is she? Okay. Mini Cooper was eliminated by oh, Beverly Hills. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yes, yeah,
1: yeah, And I'm trying to remember what the, the challenge that week was... This is terrible because it was... the uh, Snatch Game. Well, the challenge that week was Snatch Game. And we'll talk more about Snatch Game because there was, I, I think, like... And actually, a Queen that we haven't mentioned at all throughout any of it is the, the ultimate winner of the competition. But I think Snatch Game was, like, the first time for me with mm. Spanky Jackson, I was like that's a really fucking good queen because even though like it was the top two for the entire competition was just like crystallized that week you had Hanaconda and uh, Spanky Jackson and I was like all right these two were the two to watch going right the way through whoever it, it's it's a toss up who's going to join them as in that third position but that Ellen DeGeneres was absolutely terrible and I read an article with Mini Cooper because Mini Cooper Okay, I'm not going to be very. I'm, I'm going to be. You know, we're we're in a closed room here. We can be a little bit salty if we like. But there is a a a kind of sometimes with older gay men, white cisgendered older gay men, there can be a certain amount of sort of like entitlement of feeling like i have been through the wars and therefore i get to express myself however i choose to express myself because you know you're here because of me without a recognition of the work being done by other people or a recognition of the changes that have happened since and i've i you know have engaged with some of those people through other areas of my life um and i saw an element of that with minnie cooper a kind of a like a I'm really brilliant, and I read an article where she basically said that she thought like that it was going to be a double chanté. She thought that because her and Rue got on, that like they were, she was obviously going to be in the final. That she was completely surprised, and that the other queens were bullying her, and it's like that accusations of like I'm the victim here. This is really unfair. I didn't expect I was going to go home. I think I was voted out for like mean reasons. And I was just like, you are not a queen. I would enjoy or want to to have her. Give me Charlie Hyde any any day. <laughs>
0: When she first walked into the workroom, I actually felt really inspired by her. I'm not quite sure why, but it, it like why the emotion was so high. I mean, but I just was like, yes, this is, I want a queen, I want a seasoned, you know, queen who's been doing this since the 80s to be on this show and to give it a sort of, you know, a, a real sort of sawdust approach to drag. And I was like, this is what we're going to get with Minnie Cooper. She is a legend in the game. You know, yeah. I mentioned in this week during the Drag Race UK episode, but it was like the franchise has, you know, pivoted towards these Instagram model queens who haven't performed, and you know, it's it was it's very into this. you know, Ru has set the standard, and I really want to see more of these like original sort of traditional, classic, camp yeah. queens come into it. I was very excited for her. Now, ultimately. Spanky Jackson went on to fulfil that need that I and will get to her because I think she was a revolutionary character in this show, but I just could not. I, I other than maybe a Norma Jean, have I ever come across a character who knows how to make nothing into drama and then like not apologise for it? And when Molly Poppy's red wash
1: wash her hands and just like. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and when Molly Poppin said to her, "I was offended that time when I came for you, and you, didn't, and you didn't say sorry or something like that." Like basically, like, has <laughs> yeah. no sense of, of like responsibility for her own actions. No. It was it was a bit diluted, but I still found her fascinating television. And I honestly don't think I felt we were led down a what did you say a, a merry path? Led down a merry path. <laughs> with the editing because I kind of found Ellen like kind of weird and kooky and I didn't enjoy Courtney Love and then I just felt like there was this can laughter whenever Courtney Love spoke and I was like why are they telling us to keep Yuri over Minnie I felt it was clearly it should have been the other way around
1: yeah I would agree that I think that like Courtney Love was one of those like I think that within the Snatch Game there was two people who were uh, like operating on like a much higher level and maybe I was led down a merry path by the editing visa fee vis um, Minnie Cooper versus Yuri Guy but I mean there was no question in my mind that, that Molly Poppins needed to be in the bottom for that absolutely like yes.
0: atrocious awful peck but um, Heterosexual Orville Peck as well, so I'm like undermining are, like, honestly, the character. Like, what What are you doing? Or at here? least uh, bisexual, I suppose. But yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. So I, I, um. But I just thought there were something sort of like aggressive, and maybe like they decided, right? Well, we can't. We're not like this kind of constant like drama, drama, drama isn't going to work. So we, we want to like push them out the door. And they've given us some good TV. They've also like, I mean, looks wise. They, they their looks were, were probably among the strongest in the competition. Like the Mini. Mini, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like I mean they they were giving very traditional talk. I loved that clown look that they have. It was kind of like mm. demented. By the way, the, watched
0: the the butterfly one, the sort of blue butterfly. The Blue butterfly one, butterfly doing, one was yeah. gorgeous,
1: like absolutely beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I I watched a if if you're looking for a
0: Halloween treat,
1: uh, I watched on Netflix the, the new Halloween movie. I think Curse from Brook Lodge, Bridge Lodge, or something. Like that. Okay. It has it has a uh, murderous clowns flying around the place, and that that look kind of reminds me of that now. But um.
0: Yeah, well, she didn't murder that lip sync. She, she? <laughs> certainly did not murder that lip sync. Not at all. Very interesting character, uh, definitely somebody who I think makes brilliant TV, but also has a really interesting perspective of, of drag. I would like to see her back. I got like imagine her, imagine her up against like I know Monique Carter is going to come back, but imagine Monique Carter, Minnie Cooper in a room like that's gonna that'll be chaos.
1: It could be absolutely, um, or her and Charlie Hyde's, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs you a super cut of Charlie Hyde standing there with Minnie Cooper skipping around <laughs> 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 on her Heelys. <laughs> 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 craziness. So, yeah, Yuri, Yuri Guy then came sick, so I skipped ahead there. Uh, she was kicked out by. Um, I don't know, I seem to have a but I think it was Beverly again. Um, she got sent home on the uh, Buzz and Buddies challenge. I actually thought that song was good. Yeah, I I really did.
1: I did think the Babs version of it was better than the... (coughs) I can't remember what the the, the other team was called, but... uh, Yeah,
0: it was like Lean something or... Yeah, it was weird yeah they went for hung, like, hung bitches
1: hung bitches that's what it was yeah mm. um, I really enjoyed it I thought it was fun it, it sort of it sort of brought me back to the old um, uh, the old days of those sort of ones where they used to be but it, when it used to be that mental guy I can't remember his name now this is terrible Lucian Piani <laughs> Lucian Piani when Lucian mm. Piani used to do them like I loved the kind of like sort of Psycho school choir kind of vibe. I, I really enjoyed it. I actually listened to it again a, a couple of times since the episode. Yeah. I also really liked Yuri guy. I, I thought I, their makeup was beautiful. They felt like sort of a mix between a drag race queen and a dragula queen, and they had like a sort of a, a timidness to them, but obviously also had like some performance ability when they were really kind of maybe coaxed to perform. Because I think in that mm. drag brunch, um in, in that drag brunch challenge they were they were with Spanky and I think Spanky really allowed them kind of you know to, to kind of you know gave them the confidence to be able to do really well they just perhaps needed it and perhaps they would be able to come back at a different point they've got the looks they're definitely going to be yeah. able to do that and if they just bring a bit more confidence back I think they could be brilliant on a, on another season
0: yeah definitely they did definitely feel like a Dracula Queen more for me not solely because of the aesthetic but also just the energy like the option like you can get uh, teratoma what was it Hoto Hoto teratoma? Hoto teratoma yeah yeah. like that's just sort of energy of kind of like more shy and reserved and not like screaming for attention in front of the camera um, which I mean is okay but like like a camera Michaels or maybe like a Kimura Black like someone I think you do know you're going to fade into the background that you do have to sort of put on an element of performance throughout the whole show not just on yeah. the main stage and I think that's possibly what let them down but really interesting perspective some great looks I loved that like changed look that they went home on um, yeah that was gorgeous so yeah, an interesting queen, but probably not the best for TV. Probably no, I team. I
1: would agree with that. I think it's interesting you mentioned Cameron Michaels because I think Cameron Michaels would sort of be similar in that. You know, always had a very spectacular look on the runway was always a little bit faded into the background in terms of Mm -hmm. challenges, you know, had one or two moments where they, where they shined, but they obviously were this like expert dancer and lip syncer. So anytime they arrived in the bottom, they were just able to, to like outpace the other person. Whereas Yuri just didn't maybe have that particular skill. I would actually be interested in seeing them on Dragula though. If yeah. Dragula is looking to hire a, you know, uh, southern hemisphere queen for the next season, I think Yuri Guy would make a, a very exciting person for that because it's so much. That's so much more about the presentation of the look. It's not about being able to like go off into yeah. improv necessarily or or that sort of areas that obviously aren't the the main ones for Yuri.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely, Beverly Kills then quite a. Quite a uh, someone who took up a lot of time, I guess, in the episode. Got a lot of storylines, I think, with with Beverly. Maybe third to Hanaconda and Queen Kong, most storylines of the season.
1: Yeah, I never really warmed to them over the course of the season. Like, I, I found that there was like a, a slight falseness to them. I I didn't really necessarily want to to celebrate their wins. If you know what I mean, not that they had many of them, but you know what <laughs> I mean. Like I, <laughs> they didn't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they won one
0: challenge, did they?
1: No, I'm. I, I think they yeah. they kind of like hung around close to the close to the to the to the bottom, having kind of different beefs with different queens. Uh, obviously, there was the, the Mini Cooper kind of stuff in in the snatch game. I think they were like, I'm going to avoid getting into fights, and then they had the big sort of. During, was it during the Buzz and Buddies challenge? They had the big fight with with Queen, Queen Kong. Kong, and it's yeah. interesting because Queen Kong was a very, like, came gave off such a like a, a presence of calmness, and you know it was sort of surprising. And it felt sort of like if you, you know sometimes you see like like a little yappy dog beside like a big dog, and the little yappy yeah. dog is like running around snapping at its heels, and the, do, the the little dog is or the big dog is just sort of lying there doing nothing. And then after about twenty five minutes, it just does a big get the fuck away from me and then that's the end of it so i think that was obviously what was going on in the preceding five episodes little yappy beverly kills had just been like doing queen kong's in until this where they were like (laughs) and it was also a little bit like from beverly kills point of view is obviously like i'm the main character in this situation so i don't understand why i'm not getting given this like motherly vibe from queen kong that i feel i deserve I don't know why suddenly this person who I, who's also in a competition with me isn't like giving me this sort of protective mothering, you know, kind of mentoring vibe that I feel I deserve. There's something wrong with her that I'm not getting that from her. So I was like, you know, because Queen Kong was also there to compete as well as being kind of like this motherly figure that that she obviously seems to be feels quite an important part of who she is.
0: Yeah, like, interestingly, like in that first, like the two opposite teams, the back and forth. I found myself. I thought Queen Kong was being slightly more personal in her attacks mm. than than Beverly, and she was kind of reading her more, and I kind of felt sorry for Beverly. Um, but then how she framed it afterwards, which was like, I know you was being this maternal figure, and I didn't feel much, which is like, I just felt I was very entitled. It's like you, you know you're not entitled to someone's you maternal know maternity. Instincts. Yeah, yeah, you know, you have to earn them, and like check your behavior. Do you think you deserve your behavior? Any maternal instinct would have been to like send you to your room or to ground you. Like, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt sorry for her because obviously she has. She was trying to work through her inner saboteur, and I think it was the first time she came up against it. She is only twenty one, and you know she obviously was very upset at certain times, and she really went on a roller coaster of like being like. I bigged myself up because I was trying to convince myself, and you know, you could see, you could see what the inner workings of that, of that sort of mental anxiety, how it was working. And I think ultimately she ended in the right place. I thought she had some good looks. I think she struggled at the performance challenges, like a lot of these young queens do. Um, and I think she got to be a part of the best lip sync of the of the season against Anaconda, and to go home with her head held high.
1: Yeah, I would. I I would agree. I think that she like she's definitely one of the most memorable people. And like she kind of you what you said there. She she went out at the right time. Like she was, she wasn't a filler queen in that same way that like maybe Aubrey Haven and and fur where Mm. she deserved kind of just through her contribution to the contribute to to the to the to the show to like kind of get into that kind of crack that second half of the season. But at the same time, she was never going to win. And I do think she has some growing and sort of, you know, maybe yeah, some growing and maturing to do before she would be able to come back and probably do an even better job of mm-hmm. uh, of this again. Because, you know, she
0: obviously has some skills. We'll give her yeah. that. I also wondered how much of it has got to do with, like, obviously she's like a she's a cute boy, very she much gets a bit of attention. Now I'm just
1: looking at. Uh, yes, can we? Well, let's first off. Doing Val Garland and not opening with a ding dong and not making ding dong a big. I was just like that was a wah-wah. was a went whack. <laughs> uh, now I am because just to keep myself on track with these, I've got the the Drag Race wiki open and oh, yeah. I'm seeing the um the the pronouns listed for for Beverly Kills as she her. I'm doing a quick Google there to see if I could find any uh sort of evidence okay. of of mm-hmm. beverly having um of beverly having um transitioned there didn't seem to be but if they have, yes beverly kills she her so we are um we are celebrating their transition obviously since the show but yes, okay
0: because molly poppins i um, announcing is also she her
1: Maybe I'm just incorrect then. Maybe all of the dry queens are listed as she, her, and their pronouns. But I don't. But think then that's Queen is.
0: Kong doesn't say anything, nor does Hanaconda. Oh no, sorry, Hanaconda is she, her, and he, him. Okay. And Queen Kong is pronounless. <laughs> okay, so possibly, possibly has resistance to show, but um, okay. Well, you know, she is cute and attractive to everybody, uh, and also. So is Queen Kong, you know, incredibly attractive person, and I was wondering how much of that was kind of the battle of the of the of the egos of being like normally I'm the cutest queen in the room, but now now there's somebody who's who's like bigger and more sculpted and more, if we can use the word handsome, I, who we're talking about, like I wonder did that come into play as well?
1: Well, all I'm going to say is that you know whatever. we love to stratify things in the gay community you know Mm -hmm. and I think Beverly Kills can win the Twink Award you know big tick (laughs) beside that you know the beating Yuri Guy also uh, (coughs) another attractive contestant Mm -hmm. and Queen Kong is like Wolf? no Zaddy
0: I would say okay Zaddy
1: that's fair Daddy I'm not sure but anyway we'll go with Zaddy
0: yeah okay no, that's... I, I I understand that. I was just wondering whether there was a battle of the egos. I think there, true, could be, been, could yeah, be, there could, could be. have yeah. been, Yeah, there could have been. Fourth place, then, was Molly Poppins, who, I don't know, just had a place in my heart, I feel. Like, you know, I, I generally didn't know her name was Molly <laughs> for the first six episodes. I kept calling her Mary Poppins in my head. Um, <laughs> but very cute, a very surprising first winner of the challenge. Not because it wasn't good, I just based on the entrance looks I hadn't pipped her to be one of the top. So once she no. won, I was like, Oh, interesting. That that's going to like throw a curveball in the trajectory of the show. Really lovely queen, like a real sort of, um, I can't think of a word, but like somebody who's like with you as the audience members kind of, you know, you know, is kind of the voice of the audience and like deriding the characters that we're not supposed to like and, and appreciating the characters we are supposed to like. Uh, but I think she ultimately ended up in the right place.
1: Yeah, I, I did too. Like, I, I loved the kind of hobbit narrative between herself and Hannah Condit throughout the season. <laughs> um, two little girls in, ordinary, in an ordinary-sized world. Like, I thought they were very mm. cute together. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed her. She very much was the kind of the, the, the confessional queen of the season. I loved her look. in the Her looks across the season, I thought, were... Not quite as good Like I think that Because of the two little girls In an ordinary size world Comparison I did a lot of Kind of like Comparing what she was wearing To what Hanaconda was Mm. wearing And I felt like Hanaconda's Looks Were always so Like So Like Particularly Just like Polished That Um That she was, that she was maybe able to reach to that level, but but I thought she was funny. She was engaging. I her snatch game aside, I thought she performed really well in in all of the challenges, and she was an excellent fourth place.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I I feel not only was Hannah more polished. I think she had a more unique perspective. A lot of the looks I felt Molly saw, I'd seen a few times before thinking of that belts, buckles and chains look, you know, th- I, we saw diabetes in that and quick drag almost I kind of felt and the Cirque du So gay look with the chain of candy floss and the sort of Marcel yeah. Marceau mime. It just, it wasn't, you know, when you've watched a lot of these shows, you've seen a lot of the same ideas done over and over again and, and it wasn't particularly done, done new for yeah. me. But, uh, you know, like I already said, very enjoyable watch and a very charismatic contestant. So that brings us to the top three. I mean, uh, sorry, just on Molly Poppins there as well. I feel like that episode she went home in was the most predictable. I knew exactly who was going home the, before I pressed play. I knew she was going home. I didn't know who was going to send her home. I assumed it was yeah. going to be Spanky Jackson based on the makeup skills. But I knew she was going home no matter what. Um, and I think that yeah. was one of the downfalls of this season was, I think after Snatch Game, it it immediately just lock-stepped the, the top three from the rest of them.
1: No I I yeah I I agree with that I think that like you kind of it felt like you were you were kind of painting by numbers and I think that perhaps that was one of the benefits of of watching it in in more of a binge was because it didn't matter mm. as much like you weren't kind of like you didn't have time to kind of get, like, frustrated that it was following just the path that was laid out in front of it. Uh, you know, but I also, like, think that it, kind of while it was also apparent who was going when, it also fit right. So it wasn't, like, particular queens yeah. were being favoured above other ones. So therefore, you were kind of being annoyed that, like, someone who maybe deserved to say wasn't. Um But yeah, it... it we can talk a little bit about that makeover challenge because I enjoy. I, I, that's usually my favorite of the of the challenges, and I mm. didn't love it on this season as much. I think that they didn't use it as well and or as effectively on this season as they have done in I would say Canada in the last couple of years. Yeah. and and there was a bit of me that was a bit like mm, I just didn't get the. Anyway, we can talk about that when we're when we're getting into talk a bit more about yeah, the challenges in a bit.
0: We're over to it. Let's. Queen Kong, I think, probably had the most storylines this season between her inner saboteur, her her trans sister who'd passed away, the fight with Beverly Hills. She is interesting because she walks into that workroom with the hand of Kong around her and you're like, here we go, this is the Vivian, this is the Bianca del Rio, this is the... Yeah. I don't know if Priyanka felt like a forerunner straight away But like this is the forerunner This is the queen to beat And then she immediately tripped and fell Like I got repeatedly <laughs> Tainomi tyno- Banks energy off her
1: f- Oh um, big Tainomi Banks energy You're absolutely right She walked in there and you, you're exactly right It was like kind of right This is the queen who's come to win Like we didn't last season Like usually the first season of a fr- out of the gate of a franchise You kind of have someone who feels like they are the winner And they're going to set the tone. Mm. And I kind of was like, maybe we didn't necessarily get someone like that in the first season. They're giving to it this season. I thought it was her. That queen, like that, that like look was probably one of my favorite, that was probably my favorite look of the entire season because it was so clever. It was interesting, all the rest of it. But you're right. She just fell on her face and then continued to kind of fall on her face. But in a really endearing way where you could, you could figure out and feel all of these hurdles and barriers that she Mm. was crossing over until eventually she managed to kind of push through and then you actually saw the power come out and you're like okay you're amazing you're not gonna win but i'll be very excited to see you on like australia versus the world or you know uk yeah. versus the world or, or or wherever versus the world that comes up next
0: she was also such an earnest drag queen like there was very few boots bootsma boots the house down yes queens it was incredibly earnest she rarely cracks a smile in those talking heads like everything she had to say was very considered and very earnest and that was definitely a totally different energy for her and then to see that juxtaposed with this like glamazon dancer who's incredibly muscular and built but like very nimble on their feet like she during the final uh you know who's gonna be next australia's drag superstar. And I genuinely think Queen Kong is a drag superstar and I think he can represent Down Under on the world stage. We just didn't get to see enough good of her this season because she got in her head.
1: Yeah, completely. And, you know, I think that... You also can see, like, she's a queen who those sort of physical challenges, like the dancing and that, is obviously, like, her strong suit. She obviously... She knows how to to, to spit a verse, or, you know, she knows how to, to write some <laughs> lyrics as a more uh, appropriate way of me saying that particular sentence. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when it came to, like, the, the challenges that she did best on where once it involved the dancing or once just felt... Just that involved her being herself. So, like, the... The, uh, the like authenticity and vulnerability of doing the makeover challenge, the mm-hmm. just this is my day job of presenting this drag brunch and then even just in the dancing and the singing involved in the two sort of, the, the two song-based challenges. And it was those other ones, like the acting, the creating of an outfit, the, you know, the snatch game, those are the places where, where she has to like present as someone that she isn't. I think she found that most difficult. And I think that yeah. got into her head where maybe she came in feeling like the Vivian or Bianca Del Rio instantly realised oh I'm not maybe at that level and then started doubting herself right the way through that like first I would say three quarters of the competition more or less
0: yeah and I think Tainomi Banks is a really interesting comparison point because Tainomi Banks couldn't get her shit together in time and got kicked out yeah. and I think Queen Kong was one episode away of that happening to her and she managed to kick you know get it together and whether she's being honest when she says it was that conversation from Rue that was the turning point or maybe, you know, she found some inner visions on her own. But yeah, I think a really interesting, really interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the season. Hanaconda then, the other sort of mainstay. I thought she was going to win. I don't know how you felt going into the final. I thought she had the look. She had the personality. She kind of felt like a front runner from the start. Um, I thought her, her bit about owning her. Cultural appropriation in the past, I thought it was very honest, and I thought very interesting, especially like the history of that show, yeah. that 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 franchise, bringing it up and owning it herself before anyone else had a chance to. And look, we didn't watch this live. Maybe there has been accusations, um, that went out at the time. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a very honest. Yeah,
1: I, I I mean I think that like handled perhaps in a more kind of authentic way than there wasn't in the, in the last season. Um, hmm. But I, I I do think as well there was just a very genuine like she she was just a very genuine queen throughout the entire competition. Like and there was you know like. Classic, that classic kind of you know trope of the person who's so perfectly presented on the outside and so sort of like particular about how they put themselves there but then they're like kind of like swimming in all these demons and stuff. And she spoke about her. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that she. Yeah, I felt like she could ease. I felt like she was probably the most natural winner for the competition. I, I anticipated going into this, into the final <coughs> that she was going to be the one that came out as the winner and, like. It says a lot about Spanky Jackson that you're not kinda of going like, Oh, well it should have been Hanaconda the one because Hanaconda was so polished throughout the rest of the competition, had like done a really, really strong snatch game, had been really strong and luxury, mm. had like really added a lot to the comedy challenges. So like yeah, I, I i really liked her i i I will be excited to see her back on a different season i think that's the thing and it's not like and actually it's what she's one of those queens where you're kind of going i'm glad the vehicle of versus the world exists now because she's the sort of queen that i would like to see back and i would like to see kind of i don't know maybe having a chat with gia Gunn or well (laughs) (laughs) maybe not gia Gunn, maybe not gia Gunn, but you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah, no, and like the talking head of the of the season as well, like some very funny ad libs and and yeah, just funny in the workroom. Like, yeah, just the, the full package, really. Like, and I had to say when I saw Spanky won, I was I was like, God, Hannah kind of going sort to of go home look at her bank balance and be livid at the amount of money she spent on looks. Oh, I know. Versus what Spanky Jackson spent, yeah. and she didn't even get her fifty k. <laughs> Tell me about Spikey Jackson and your reaction to them. Well, I thought they were kind of messy, but they did like they just had this charm.
1: Like they just literally had this charm from the minute they walked in, and they like their looks were never particularly strong. I I, I think it wasn't until Snatch Game that I really got a sense of like, oh, here's someone that has like everything. Here's mm. someone that is actually able to kind of do like a- anything that's thrown at them. I, I think that they were yeah it, it really was as Rue and the judges kept talking about it, it was like this is someone that has like really natural charisma really natural charm like a, a genuine sort of feeling of like I want to know more about this person I want to see this person I want to yeah I, I just I really enjoyed them I, I, I thought they were great and it was so refreshing to sort of see a queen who was a little bit rough and ready but had all the bits there given the title rather than someone who kind of you know I don't you know it, to see, like, that sort of, those elements, that those elements of, like, confidence in performing, charisma, prioritised above the, like, can do great makeup or turn a, a perfect look.
0: Yeah, 100%. And RuPaul says that in the last episode, it factor triumphs high fashion. And that, to me, was like, really? You think that? <laughs> yeah. Since when? Because that's not what you've been giving us for the last... 25 versions of your franchise you've it, it, like and that's why I was like I was so surprised that they won happy they won because on one hand I'm like you know it's such a it's such rough so rough around the edges it's w- w- like almost weird to be like this is the forefront of Australian and New Zealand drag because it's not necessarily how the rest of the queens look but um she's so charismatic I I loved her from uh, the brunch challenge I thought was when she really shone and came into her own I thought she did a good snatch game I loved her balmy and palmy and give me a chippy 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 like that was just deluded brilliance that I really appreciated so gorgeous out of out of dragging the workroom, giving all her contestants hugs, she was she was the real mama bear of the of the despite the maternal energy of of alleged Queen Kong.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and also like so the,
0: easy to root for.
1: Yeah, I, and like the, had had a really compelling story in that sort of sense of like had built a a life for themselves and then had to return home away from the, the life that they had created for themselves surrounded by their community in order to look after their parents. And I think that, you know, that's actually a story that a lot of, you know, queer people, particularly as they age can really relate to, because oftentimes the responsibility does fall to the queer single child to, do those sort of caring responsibilities and there is a sense that you know there is less value to having a social circle than there is to having a family so therefore asking you to give up your social circle asking you to give up mm. those parts of yourself to come and do take over this caring responsibility it's something that's seen as being more acceptable than perhaps saying to a sibling who has a family this is something you need to do so and i think the fact that she took that all in stride the fact that she was even able to see it as a positive and that she was like i got to get to know these people in a way that I wouldn't ha- have them um, have been able to know them other than this. I, I like, I just thought it was, it was a, it was a really lovely story and it, it was very honest and authentic. It was, a, it was a story we haven't necessarily seen so mm-hmm. much in, in, in Drag Race, but yeah, no, I think she was a great, and she is someone that I genuinely am like, I would, I would like to go and see you perform in the George I don't know that I'd yeah. want to see them perform in like I. I feel like they're work they're, the world, yeah. But I, I feel like I feel like they're a they're a queer bar queen. You know what I mean? Like they are they are a queen to see in a it, it, hosting a night in a in an actual drag bar rather than on one of these work the world sort of uh, things.
0: It's local drag, and I don't mean that as a, as a diss. It's like it's it's community. It's like you know it, it's. You know they embed themselves in the community and they are the queen of like what they do and they're expert of what they do exactly. in this like local setting they're not somebody who can tour the world I don't think and 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 do acrobatics and all that sort of stuff no, you know. no in terms of their charisma I'm sure they could do like a kind of stand up like drag tour no problem but I think where they're gonna be at the best is on a local level whether you know somewhere that they're comfortable and people know them and are familiar with them
1: yeah absolutely
0: and I just think I, I can't think of one other winner. Who's like her? No, you have to go back to the very, very, very beginning.
1: Like you have to go back to like, I, I, I can't even think if you go back to like seasons one, two, three of, of of Drag Race, I don't even think you're getting them queens there. Like it is, there, yeah. there, there isn't a queen that feels so connected into the reality of what performing drag has been over the span of decades. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like mm. all of the queens who have gone on to win have like have felt built for a different stage where she feels built for it, the stage drag has sort of been developed on
0: yeah <clears throat> definitely would, would we call her plus size winner I wouldn't
1: call her plus size I'd say no, that she's average sure. average size average build.
0: Okay. yeah you're the gatekeeper of all things plus size absolutely so I and I will be ruthless <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of episode one. We're gonna do uh, come back for episode two, and we'll be discussing in more detail each of the challenges, the lip syncs, and some of the looks.